Welcome to Soups On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. In every podcast, Dr. Cook is serving up the latest news about our schools. Tune in to stay informed about key topics and go behind the scenes to learn more about our great schools and community. Find all the Soups On podcasts at bls.fyi slash podcast. That's bls.fyi slash podcast. And now here's Dr. Cook. Welcome to the Soup is On podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Cook, superintendent of Ben Lapine Schools. On the Soup is On podcast, we talk about all things public education, specifically as they relate to our Ben Lapine Schools and the greater community here in Central Oregon. This week's topic, we are on the road again, and we are out in, one, in our production kitchen talking about school lunches and our team here at BLPS and how we deliver a lunch service across the district. And I am extremely excited to introduce our district chef, Tracy Surgeon. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Cook. Give us just a, a second of introduction about your background and what brought you to, the, first of all, let's talk, recognize that you are a professionally trained chef and you are here working in Ben Lapine Schools. We are so grateful, so fortunate to have you. Give us a little bit of background and what brought you into this field. I have been with the district since 2008, and I actually started as a manager at Summit High School, and they quickly, my bosses, determined my talents for cooking, and I transformed some of the things we were doing up there. I added some offering bars and made-to-order saute bars and introduced that to around the district, and I convinced my boss that they needed an executive chef. And so he moved me to Bentai, where I cooked for a couple of years, and he made me the executive chef. And from then on, I love working with the kids, but I really like bringing my talents to the food across our district. So I just, I, I need to baseline this for folks just a little bit. I don't know if we recognize and understand how fortunate we are here in Ben Lapine Schools to have your skills and your talents. But I've been doing this for over 30 years in four different states, five districts in four different states, and nothing that I've ever been associated with has ever come close to the quality of food that we are feeding our students and staff here at Ben Lapine Schools. And so I just want to make sure that our listeners know and understand that we're in the presence of greatness when we are talking with Tracy and the team here and just Tracy, where do you think that level of expectation comes from and that, that quality that we're talking about? Why is that here and what created that? Because it, I think people don't know and understand how atypical this is. School lunches all over the country get a bad rap. In many cases, that's deservedly. So where does that come from here in the district? I think for us here at Ben Lapine Schools, I quickly realized that I had a really supportive upper management coming from the superintendent to my direct bosses. And they pretty much let me do anything. They're foodies, they love to experiment. And we had a pretty good base when I got here. And I just was able to expand on, like I mentioned earlier, to look at our clientele and our different age groups and how we can capture the different audiences that we have here at Ben Lapine Schools. And so with that, you have to give them lots of choices and more mature type of food. We have a sophisticated palate here in Bend, and that comes from kindergartners up through our adults. 
And so we really wanted to capture that in the food that we're serving here. A couple of ways we couple of ways we've done that is by sourcing food from other areas of the state. We, a couple years ago, had a program where it was called Fork to Fork, and we actually had FFA kids raising pigs. We had them slaughtered, and we taught, they were, we brought them here to Bend High, our production kitchen, and butchered them with the culinary students. So we were teaching skills across the district, but also utilizing all of that product and serving it at school lunches. So this is actually functioning like a, the way that a restaurant would function in that you're looking out in the community to try to actually source real opportunities to stay local, to incorporate our students in the production and even in the, and I'm assuming in the, the cooking and maybe even the recipes in some regards. How does that come from your training? What, like that's not typical. I think just living in this culture of school lunches, you just look for resources that you can tap into. Obviously our students are gonna be that resource, but also, Oftentimes we will go to a restaurant and look at what is popular right now, what's trending, and we'll bring that back to school. And there's a couple of factors you have to remember. Does it taste good? How does it look? Can we produce it here and send it out to the schools and have the product that I feel good standing behind and my staff feels good standing behind? We'll often sample to the kids so that they can try it and we get feedback. And this comes from experience of working at, I was a manager at Starbucks and we're big on sampling. We were big on um, everything being consistent. And so I took that knowledge and I said, I want everything to be consistent at Amity Creek to Mountain View High School. It doesn't matter where it comes from, it's gonna taste the same and the quality is gonna be there. So how challenging is it when you think about taste being an output that we really want to level up and try to do our best while also managing the federal expectations and limitations on things like too much sodium and just those guidelines for for school lunches? Is that challenging? I mean, that strikes me as something that restaurants don't have to deal with that is going to put a, a bigger burden on you professionally. How do you put out recipes that meet those expectations but still taste the quality and level? Well, for us here especially, we the sodium constraints are definitely there and we everything we do is based on the guidelines. So oftentimes when I'm thinking about creating a recipe, I go into it knowing the guidelines, but I make it for flavor and make it for taste. And then I will take some ingredients and maybe instead of using salt, we'll do lemon juice or lime juice, something that has the acid that gives the salt flavor, but doesn't necessarily contain sodium or salt. And so we can still get those flavors using natural ingredients. Baking, you have to use salt. In bakery, there's always gonna be salt. So we try and do whole grains, which we do everything whole grain. But when I started, we kind of pushed that limit a little bit further. And maybe we added wheat germ or cracked whole wheat so that we could get some more grains and whole grains in all of our recipes. So talk us through a menu. What we're looking at your in your office right now and what you can hear the noise in the background. This is a full on production kitchen. We're here in the middle of 
maybe the busiest time of the day for you and there are people moving everywhere, lots of, of things going on and we're looking at a month-long menu on your wall. Talk to us just a little bit about what goes into determining those items are what we're going to serve for the next month for students and staff in Dental Pine Schools. Okay, yeah. So for me, what I tried to do was break down the days of the week. And so Mondays are Americana days, Tuesdays are south of the border, Wednesdays are Asian, Thursdays home style, and Friday Italian. And that way students know the consistency and they know I want Monday because I can get soup and homemade soup and a toasted cheese sandwich on Mondays. So I tried to do it so there was consistency within the district and with our forecasting because all of our schools have to forecast how much they want to serve based on who they're serving and their customers because our students are our customers. And so for us, the biggest constraint right now is supply. I don't, I think you guys are probably familiar with how empty the grocery stores can be. We definitely see that on a larger level. And to try and produce the things we need to produce at the level we're doing it right now during COVID it has been a challenge. So I just take all that information and this year has been great because I can actually go back to what we used to do and have more options. And so we don't have to have such a large mass production of soup for 11,000. Instead, we can do it for 6,000 because we have other options that day that we're serving soup. And so it makes it a lot easier on getting the produce and getting the products that we need from our suppliers. So we have, you just mentioned some numbers and I just wanna talk just a little bit about the logistics of what we're pulling off here in the district daily. We serve how many lunches each day? Lunches we serve anywhere from eight to 9,000. And, and we also serve breakfast and supper. So how many total, when the day's over, how many would you have expected to serve in that day for all meals combined? Uh, we're serving about 15 to 16,000. And so, and our, some of our parents don't know this, but we actually send food home with kids oftentimes, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we serve a supper meal that goes home and it's called supper because that is what USDA has garnered. We don't expect it to be like a dinner meal, but it's more like a snack, but we, we send that home so that our kids can have meals when they get home as well. So 15,000 meals daily with quality ingredients, great recipes during a pandemic in which we're having supply chain issues. Give us just an example of some challenges that you've had in this, you know, we're in week about seven of school right now, of the, the kinds of things that you would struggle with regards to the supply chain and, and getting ingredients or that kind of thing and how that's impacted the recipes and how that's impacted choices for students during the meals. I can't get chicken. I can't get breaded chicken right now. I have other chicken that from USDA that we can use, but we are out of breaded chicken. And so last week I had to change the menu for this Friday to instead of a chicken parmesan sandwich, we're now doing beef boulonnaise. So I have beef. I have beef that I can use very easily. We get it from Painted Hills Natural Beef in Fossil. And so we just have to, we are a very fluid kitchen, fluid production kitchen. And my team is awesome about just rolling with the punches. I just, I cannot picture how 
we switch gears that rapidly and say, okay, we're going to fix, instead of fixing 8,000 meals of a Parmesan chicken sandwich, and then now we're just go, we're going to go completely different direction. Mm -hmm. So the challenges that you have to be facing daily have to be just huge. They are. All right, school lunches get a bad rap. Uh, We hear it all the time. You hear the term lunch ladies. What do you have to say to that? When people say, what do you do? And they they ask you, are you a lunch lady? The first response I always have had, and this has been for 13 years, is I say I am the lunch lady. And I find so much pride and honor in that. Go ahead and call all of us that. But really, there are men that work for us as well. And so we have coined the term lunch hero. And we really do believe that we are heroes serving our students. It starts with a whole child. And if they don't have food in their bellies, they are not going to be able to learn. That's so true, Tracy. And I think that's I, what you just mentioned, the, the term lunch. You know, we're in a day and age in which we do pay attention to the names we use, the what we say, what we call people. And I think it's critical, in, and especially in this time in which staffing challenges are so real, that we recognize, number one, I'm going to go back to the quality. What our students get and receive in this district for meals is second to none. I've never seen better. Secondly, the fact that we do it every day in, day out with a smile on our face and a joy to see our kids is a testament to the culture that you've created with staff. And thirdly, doing this under extreme challenges that right now we're dealing with in the pandemic, I think makes it that much more admirable. And if that doesn't qualify you and your entire team as lunch heroes, I don't know what does. Thank you. We definitely are frontline workers, all of our staff. And I think that probably went a little unnoticed by communities around the country. But we were there day in, day out since this pandemic started. And we were feeding our kids and we have not stopped. That summertime, that is, we were doing weekend meals through the pandemic last year, so we could make sure that our kids were getting fed. And fortunately this year, we get to see our students. And if we're honest, we get to see our students at the best time of the day. They have smiles on their faces. They're excited to see us. So it makes us and our jobs as being heroes pretty easy. So I want to I want to switch gears just a little bit Tracy. We're getting ready to to do the formal opening of Caldera High. You know, we Caldera High has had students now for several weeks and the school's very much in session, but we're doing the formal uh, ribbon cutting very soon. And I, I don't know if our listeners know this, but we're not just doing punch and cookies at that event. We're actually doing a large production event. Tell us just a little bit about your plans for that and how you're integrated into the formal exciting part of the opening of the first high school in our school district in 20 years. It is very exciting. I'm so happy to be part of it. And I was thinking, you know, it's fall and what better to do than a tailgater and what better item to serve at a tailgater than chili. And we have done chili cook-offs in the past with other restaurants in town. This was years ago when I first started. So I know the chili's good. And I know that it would be something that we can showcase to the community and let them see what we're actually cooking at Ben Lapine Schools. Our bakers, who are the biggest production that we do every day, our bakers are making cheddar cornbread 
fresh that morning and we'll have lots of toppings for your chili. So it's just gonna be a really great event where parents, students, community members can come and check out Caldera, but also get well-fed. At Caldera, we are planning to serve 1,200 servings until it's gone. So you better be there at 4.30 to 5.30 to have this chili, because it's amazing. So this is right around the corner. This is, we're, we're uh, releasing this podcast the same week of the opening. This is Thursday, the October 21st. The, the event will start at 4.30. We are celebrating the opening of this new high school. Come and join us, get some chili and some cheddar corn bread. We hope to serve how many people? 1,200. We would love to have you there, folks. If, if you get a chance, come join us. It's an amazing school. It'll be an amazing event. And it's not every day that you get to open uh, a brand new high school in our community. Tracy, so one thing I would just like to know, it, it has been a challenging couple of years. You know, we've worked through a lot of things. We continue to work through supply chain issues and, and staffing. What would you want our listeners to know, just as kind of a final point, what would you want our listeners to know about the work, working for nutrition services, working for you, working in our kitchens? What would you like to say to them? It's fun. First and foremost, we have had a lot of challenges but we have an amazing team that has stuck through those challenges. They believe in the work they're doing and they love to serve our students. That's the best part of their day is maybe that 20 minute lunch where they're serving 450 students, but they still get that time to connect. And again, our students are so happy to see us and we become a lot of times their favorite people. If you have students that are in school, moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, uncles, aunts, come down and work for us and serve students during that time that they're in school, that school's in session. So we have jobs available right now? Absolutely. We have sub jobs. We have NS1 jobs. We have jobs all over the district, Bend and Lapine. Cool. You heard it here, folks. It's, I cannot emphasize enough. This is not the school lunch you remember when you were in school, if at the very least, Come find some opportunity to see how this is done. Join us at the Caldera Ribbon Cutting for a bowl of chili, but figure out a way to get to participate with our school lunch program. And if you're at all interested or looking for something to pick up a little extra hours, come join us and help help work in such a high energy, highly productive, fun environment. We would love to have you. Okay, we're here in the production kitchen and we had a remodel a couple of years ago. And with that remodel, we decided to completely change the way we were doing things. We used to hand scoop all of our products, send out hot soup in the morning, and it was just a recipe for disaster. And so what I came up with was an ROP system, reduced oxygen packaging, where we cook, bag, and chill all of our food, and then it goes into a slush cooler to be used within seven days. And so right now, what they're making is beef boulonnaise for Friday. And everything agitates on its own, so there's no um, injuries happening. And then they'll pump through the pump and system, and it will go into a bag system that clips and goes into a, a bath chiller until it becomes 41 degrees, and then we can take it out and put it in our slush cooler. And that takes about a whole process 
about two hours. And it's really quick and a really fast way to get the food out. So that, that's fully automated. So you don't have to have anybody actually manually doing any of the things you just described, right? They're making the recipes. So these are 100-gallon pots. So there's large quantities of food going in there. And sometimes for a recipe for 5,000, they have to make it three times. So 300 gallons in order to get the quantities that we need. But yes, it has eliminated a lot of the aches and pains that have gone into some of the ways we used to do things. And it really helps make the flavors much better because then it can sit in a bag and those flavors can combine. And what we've noticed is the flavors really do get stronger as time goes by. And so the quality is just so much better. What are we looking at now, Tracy? We are in our full-time bakery. And in our bakery, we make fresh loaves of bread every day for our students. We use Camas Country Farms, and they make and produce our white wheat flour so that the students can have these homemade goods. We do pizzas every day. We, we're, right now, they're working on scones, a chocolate chip scone. We make cinnamon rolls, coffee cakes. Once a month, we'll do a fresh cookie. That's a whole grain cookie to offer. We make rolls, cornbread, like you'll see on Thursday. And we just have a ton of equipment to make that happen. We have a large sheeter. We have a large dough machine that rolls all of our dough and helps so that the production is easier on our staff. Right now, we have four full-time bakers, and we probably could add two or three more because the demand is, is so high for those delicious baked goods we do. All right, so this looks like loading docks to me, and this looks like a way to gather up food in, in bulk. That's right. So at this point, you're probably wondering, how do we get the food out to the kids and to the schools? We have 33 schools and some little programs that we also serve. But how we do that is we have an awesome distribution center and drivers that come over and pull all these transport carts and they will deliver them to the school daily with the fresh food that we have. We're basically a grocery store. We serve all of the elementary schools with all the fresh produce. A lot of that comes from Thomas Orchards over in Kimberly, Oregon. Some of it comes from Mount Angel and we have melons and peaches and apricots that we can use. We really try and source locally as much as we can Living in Central Oregon, that can be challenging. But once that stuff goes on the carts, they pick it up and they deliver it to the schools and it's served that day. And that process just continues and continues. All right, folks, that's all for today. I want to thank my guest, Tracy Surgeon, for hosting us in the functioning, very loud and very well-run production kitchen here in Benless Pine Schools and giving, giving us uh, a peek into how we produce 15,000 meals daily for our students. Okay, once again, this is a new podcast for Ben Lapine Schools. If you're pleased with the work we're doing on these podcasts, please remember to share them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Additionally, if there are topics you'd like us to take on, please send us a note at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Please let us know your thoughts and your feedback. We're always grateful. 
Thanks for listening to The Soup is On, and please remember to always support public education. You've been listening to Soup's On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. Find more episodes at bls.fyi slash podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest, email us at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Thanks for listening.